HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah. That cat is high. No bad look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. It's a nice little day in Brooklyn here. Everyone's very happy. Roberta's, where we do the radio show from, just got two stars in the New York Times. Nice cue. Thanks, Jack. (laughs) That, of course, is Jack Inslee, our producer. And in the studio today, we have the bar director of Frankie's Puntino in Brooklyn, and now uh, with the second location opening and the West Village in New York City, Cabell Tomlinson. Welcome to the show, Cabell. Thanks, Damon. Lovely to have you here. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the whole world of Frankie's. I mean, some of us already know about this restaurant. It started uh, back in 2004 in Brooklyn in Carroll Gardens and then opened uh, the, the East Village location, Lower East Side. Lower East Side location uh, a few years after that uh now we've got uh at 570 hudson um the the newest uh frankie's putino opening it's the newest uh yeah it's kind of a it's interesting because it's going to be kind of an amalgamation of the frankie's restaurants the spuntinos and a little bit of prime meats influence it's still going to be the frankie's food um with a little bit of a twist but you know it's kind of like an amalgamation of the two places it's going to be a little bit a little bit more like, like wider, like broader spectrum. Wider, yeah. yeah. They're gonna, it's a broader <laughs> spectrum. There's going to be some things in the menu that are not on the other menus. Some different mm-hmm. items. You know, they're they're kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. So, cool. yeah. And uh, in your role in all of this is uh, running the bar and making some uh, really really great cocktails happen. So, can you tell us a little bit about the, you know, the influences and the general direction of 
where this bar is going to go. Well, what I wanted to do with the bar program there was focus on aperitivi style cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Italian way of drinking is really different from how people in the U.S. drink generally. I mean, they drink a lot of vermouth. Mm-hmm. They drink a lot of bitter uh, liqueurs. Mm-hmm. They love Campari, Amaros. Um, and sort of their ethos of drinking is different. It's, you know, the idea is that you drink something bitter and something uh, that's low in alcohol uh, sort of during the end of the day or before you're going to dinner. So you have that and it kind of encourages your appetite. And then you move on to like dinner and your food and wine. And then after your meal, um, you move on to something, again, that's going to help your digestion. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of encourage people to try those flavors. It's it's a lot different than the the way that Americans drink normally. Yeah. Right? I, I always like the uh, story in uh, Toby Cicchini's book, Cosmopolitan, where he, he retells a story um, from his father's perspective of a bunch of uh, American GIs in Italy at like 7 in the morning stumbling oh, yeah, just down the streets. Wasted. Just wasted singing and like arm in arm, like just going crazy. And everyone being like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, no, because it's considered very bad form for an Italian man, you know, to be drunk. Like, you're never seen as being drunk. Yeah, it's actually and a it, sign of weakness. It's a sign yeah. of weakness, yeah. I mean, you should be able to handle your alcohol, but not only that, but you should know how to drink so that it doesn't... So you don't look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much, you know. And so I think that that's some of the... Which is kind of funny, which I think we're going to talk about later. Some of the slang, you know, that has come into play over cocktails that were created with... Um, sort of the TV Italian spirits, a little bit of like a thumb in the nose to Americans, sort of the way Americans were behaving during Prohibition and sort of during the wars and when they were there and drinking and the way that they were drinking. It's just a totally different idea. You know, it's they, they think that you should, you know, drink what's right and in the right amounts. What's right in, in the right amounts, which yeah. is, you know, why even like the glassware, like Grappa glassware and like Amari glassware, it's, it's not huge. No. It, you know, it's enough. It's, it's a modest amount. Right, yeah. right. Um, so tell us a little bit more about like, explain to us like, uh, like aperitif style, like, like, you know, we've got your Campari, you've got Aperol, uh, even Swiss, like Grand Classico, in that red bitters family, they always tend to be red. I mean, like, and also like, as far as like, um, as far as like vermouth go, uh, as far as vermouth goes, you've got like, again, like low alcohol, but spiced, aromatized. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's a there's a long history of vermouth, and um, you know, it actually was started with Hippocrates, um, and he created something that was called um, it, Hippo- it was like Hippocratic wine, and it was essentially a medicinal drink, uh, and it was which is pretty common with most like classic alcohols. Yeah, they, they were always prescribed as medicine. They were prescribed exactly, and it was something that you drank. I mean, this apparently this wine um, he would he would infuse this wine, aromatize it with um, Artemisia, which is wormwood. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially absinthe uh, and uh, dittany, uh, which is another herb that was considered to be a magical cure-all. And he would prescribe this for people for everything from like, arthritis to rheumatoid you know, problems, uh, period pains. Like, also, they, would even, they, they were so sure that this was such a magical elixir, elixir, they would actually give it to people if they had been poisoned with mushrooms uh, or something like that. So it was considered to be kind of a cure-all. Wow. Um, that's funny because... Uh, you know, especially with uh, even like Fernet Branca, for instance. You yeah. know, it they claimed originally that it it also had like it was like a cure all for like many things, including uh, 
menstrual cramps and things like, <laughs> you know, just like for me yeah so yeah it's so funny that they they come from the same place yeah it was it was it quite was a concern a, it was apparently. an issue it was a huge issue well this is like before advil so you know you really <laughs> need something you know? yeah. <laughs> so you know hippocrates was on it you know he was working something out <laughs> and how long ago was that i mean like that was uh that was what, 400 four? bc okay cool um so from there and now the term vermouth is actually it it, it well, vermut in German. It, that's vermut, wormwood. It's a yeah. It, it it is the word for wormwood, and obviously wormwood is an essential ingredient mm-hmm. in vermouth. Um, in order for something to be called vermouth, it has to have uh, artemisia or wormwood in it in some percentage. And that's kind of crazy because like we don't think about that. You know, like uh, in most well, most people would know that, but like you know, there's the whole issue with absinthe and like the the wormwood content in it and then you don't even you would never it was like yeah it's it like the, the most unassuming thing like yeah. that would happen with vermouth people think of vermouth as something they don't want in their yeah. martini yeah you know well you know that's also i think because of uh, sort of people's misknowledge about vermouth and how it needs to be treated and stored i mean mm-hmm. because first of all vermouth is an aromatized wine so mm-hmm. you have to treat it the same way that you treat an open bottle of wine. But it's typically fortified to a certain It's point. fortified, so it does have a shelf life. I mean, you can open it and leave it out um, for it's a certain some period Some more so than others, I guess. Some yeah. more so than others, depending on what exactly you know, is their mm-hmm. makeup. But um, really, it's recommended that you refrigerate it after opening. And then it has a shelf life. I mean, it has a shelf life after that. Right. It's you know, between like three to six months. Um, of course, if you are working in an Italian bar, uh, then you don't have to worry about that because you're going through it, you know, <laughs> bottles and bottles and bottles. So, and so, okay. Yeah, exactly. And so that being said, like drinking it on the rocks or drinking yeah. it with seltzer, um, even doing like a, I know you call it, wait, which, which one of us is right? You're Milano Torino or Torino Milano? Milano Torino. I always call it Torino Milano. No, it's Milano Torino. I know, but I, I don't know. <laughs> the Americano cocktail. Uh, it was a cocktail that was uh, popular in Italy uh, around the time of the, during Prohibition, when Prohibition was going on in the U.S. And uh, it was called in Italy, called the Milano Torino, the, Torino, the, the Milano for the uh, Campari, which is from Milan. And then for the Chins- at the time it was made with Cinzano. I think the Cinzano may have actually come up with the drink, um, and so then it was Cinzano from Turin. So they called it the Milano Torino. Uh, but so many Americans would come, and there have been a couple different stories about this. One is that the Americans came during Prohibition and they drank it and loved it, but they asked for it with soda um, because they you know needed that extra you know bit of dilution. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another that uh, they that that americano is also slang in Italian for bitter, and uh, mm-hmm. even though it's a bitter cocktail, it was also a little bit of a thumb of the nose to the Americans, you know, coming over and like you know they couldn't drink in the U.S., yeah. so they would come here and they would kind of drink a little too much, and um, that was kind of the thing that they steered people towards because you know they wouldn't, knew they wouldn't get too drunk off of it and they could handle it, but but it was sort of for a lot of Americans their first introduction to those kind of bitter flavors. Yeah. So okay, so I, that's actually the. Like the grandpappy of the uh, the the uh, Negroni. Yeah, you've got like the I, I keep calling it Torino Milano. Sorry, <laughs> Milano Torino. We could just call it the Americano. Why don't we do this? Well, it? then you add the seltzer, then yeah. it's an Americano. Yeah, and then eventually Count Negroni was like, I don't, 
I don't want seltzer in this. Yeah, I want gin in this. I want gin in this. So yeah, that was the Negroni cocktail. And that's like a whole other thing because I know that, uh, what was it? Were you talking to Angus on the show? Were you talking about the history? Oh, of Angus it? Winchester from, yeah, but the history, uh, from Tanqueray. From yeah, Tanqueray, totally. the history of the Negroni. And the Negroni is a quintessential you know, Italian cocktail. You know, it's a classic. And it, classically, it's one, 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 equal yeah. parts gin, Campari, and, uh, and sweet vermouth. And then bartenders kind of take that. And it's actually kind of a good thing to start with, too, because that's one of the sort of Italian-style cocktails that became the first thing that piqued my interest in the Italian way of drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was one of the cocktails that I first... I mean, I had it, and I love Campari, and I've always liked Campari. And, but I did, never really felt like I'd had that... Like, I had good Negronis, but there was one time when I went to London, uh, visited London, and uh, Michael McElroy, who's one of the bartenders at Milk and Honey, yeah. um, happened to be in town. Well. Yeah, okay. he was in the, he was in town at the time, and you know he had said to me, you know, Cavill, you know, let's go, uh, let's go to Montgomery Place, and we're gonna go and see Ago Peroni, who's uh, works for Galliano. He's an amazing bartender, you know, who works in London. So we're gonna go see Ago, and you're gonna order the Negroni, and it's gonna be the best Negroni of your life. Do, and, wait, do, okay, you told me this story before, but do it in, okay, so do it what in the Mickey, accent. <laughs> the way that he actually said was, uh, he's like, Cobble, we're going to go to Montgomery Place. We're going to go see Ago. You're going to order the Negroni. It's going to be the best Negroni of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We went to Montgomery Place. Ago was there. He made us Negronis, and it was the best Negroni of my life. It what was did amazing. He do? What did he do to make it the best Negroni in your life? Well, first you, of all... Did you get to like, watch? Did you get to Yeah, we in? watched him, and you know, I could kick myself because I cannot remember what gin he used. But um, he did equal parts, and there's also the other school of like one and a half gin, one one, but he did equal parts. Mm-hmm. I think he used a Holland gin. Um, and then, in addition to Campari... Like a, like a Geneva? Or? No, it wasn't a Geneva. I'm not, I can't even remember what it was, but um, it might have been, oh, I mean, I, I want to say it might have been Gordon's, but I'm, you know, like sort of the, the, yeah. the, the one that they get over in the UK, but. Um, the one that we don't get here, the, the one, one that's that, overproofed and yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> green bottle. Um, that's, in that situation, you would definitely, it would make more sense to do one, 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 rather yeah. than one and a half. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, and then, but the vermouth that he used was the Carpano Classico. Right. Which is one of the Carpano vermouths that is not imported to the U.S. right now, and it's uh, based on uh, Antonio uh, Benedetto Carpano's original formula. That's the one that he first made, and uh, a lot of people say that you know they think that the Antica formula is sort of the original, and that is a recipe that he made for mm-hmm. one version that he created. I mean, he created a number of like many, many different recipes, but um, that was the one. That's the one that's sort of the gold standard that is used all over Europe for Negronis and all over, definitely all over definitely London, all over the United States. Uh, or, or, sorry, the uh, Antico. No, uh, no, the classical, the classical. The classical, yeah. the classical. Um, anyway, so it was delicious. I mean, and I feel like I've been kind of chasing that dragon ever since, trying to recreate that particular. I we'll mean, get, it was beautiful we'll ice it. and beautiful. The the he had just such great craftsmanship with the with the garnish. I mean, it was this beautiful rosette that he made with the orange twist, and it was just perfect. Nice. Um, so, unfortunately, in the United States, for now at oh. least, that vermouth is not available. Right. Uh, the Classico. But the Antica is available. Yeah. And that's actually become like the gold standard of like cocktail bars in the United States. Yeah. Um, I've had the fantastic opportunity to actually taste the Classico. Yeah. You actually brought me a bottle yeah. one time. Uh, from that particular trip, actually, I think I brought home. Some yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was obviously, like, for, like, uh, yeah. United States standards, uh, like, 
it's in a 965 milliliter bottle, which is totally illegal. Uh, there are certain standard size bottles that you can bring in the United States, but it was the best vermouth I've ever had in my entire life. And <laughs> it's hard to not just like drink it straight. It, I mean, that's it, what no, we that's, did too. That's it's totally just... what I did. The thing is, like, just going back to what we were talking about before, it's like that Italian way of drinking. It's like you know, you put that on the rocks. Yeah, orange twist, orange twist. That's all you need. That's all you need. I mean, it's you know, delicious. It's great in cocktails, but it's so funny to think about like. The, the way that, the way that customers perceive, the way that drinkers perceive vermouth yeah. in general, yeah, and to think about like the way that like you know, the way that martinis are made nowadays yeah. with like no vermouth in them, right? Um, and to think about the way that that is best enjoyed on the rocks, it's yeah. like such a crazy, crazy like real long way to go, you know. Um, but I think. The way that, like, what you're doing with this bar is really going to highlight and put a spotlight on on these great products that, oh, and this, so this style of drinking that is going to be really. I just want I want people to I want to try to change the perception of vermouth and those Italian spirits. Uh, you know, I think that sometimes people have had bad experiences because they've gone to bars and they've had you know a Manhattan or they've had a martini and it was made with essentially a rancid bottle of vermouth and it was shaken probably and it was probably shaken you know let's face it it was shaken yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with bad eyes yeah. um, but you know the thing is is that you know I mean once it's bad it's bad and so it's like to have that experience be your entire experience with vermouth is so sad you know it's because it's such an amazing it's such an amazing thing you know it's such a perfect product and Absolutely. it's so delicious and it's i mean it's crafted it's a so much goes into it and it's really a shame when people think oh this is that gross stuff that i, I want as little of as possible in my drink in a um, way i mean you have to treat it like a, a bottled cocktail you yeah know, yeah that has a shelf life it does i mean it does have a shelf life and it's like it should be treated properly and, and it should be drank in the right way so um, so we're going to try, you know, we're going to try to get people to, to taste those things in a different way. Give it another chance. Excellent. I will definitely try those things. <laughs> um, well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we get back, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about, like, what you're going to do at this bar. All right. All right. We'll be right back with Cavill Tomlinson from Frankie Spoon Team. It's good, isn't it? It does the job. Next episode, add a breezy shake in the spot. You can chase it with some ginger ale. Now you're feeling me a unique liquor. Only made in Italy. The perfect drink that'll mellow my mood. Just like we go best right after some food. I might get a little rude. Holler everyone that walk past. Or DJ pause, keep filling up my shot glass. It ain't wine, it ain't beer. It ain't no kind of cognac. It ain't no kind of clear. Burn that bronca. Things will never be the same. I drank for that, and now I'm all in her ear. I drank for that, and now I'm all in her ear. I drank for that, and now I'm all in her ear. I drank for that, and now I'm all in her ear. I drank for that, and now I'm all in her ear. I drank for that, and
that song is amazing. Awesome. <laughs> We're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. We've got Cabell Tomlinson from Frankie Spuntino in New York City yeah. in the studio. Uh, we were just talking a lot about uh, <laughs> vermouth and a little bit of Fernet. <laughs> well, see, that's appropriate, though, because the Branca family bought the Carpano, Carpano. Company. So yeah. they you know, they own it now. So it's, yeah. you know, it's all in the family. Makes or sense. all in La Familia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I I wish I could ask you more stories where you could like use different accents. <laughs> you're always really good at that. Um, so okay, like tell us what is going to be happening at Frankie's as far as the bar goes. We've been talking a lot about like the Italian way of drinking, yeah, aperitif, digestif, you know, light light cocktails. Um, tell us a little bit about like what what you're planning for. What I'm planning is I want to do a series of aperitivi-style cocktails. Um, and those are going to include um, the, the majority ingredient in these cocktails, instead of being a spirit, is going to be vermouth. Cool. So vermouth is going to be the, the main ingredient. Uh, and then it's going to be uh, accented by uh, other spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, more like liqueurs and Italian bitter liqueurs. Um, so, like, for example, I have one drink that's made with... Um, with a dry Cinzano extra dry vermouth and uh, Saint Germain, it's a basil infused dry vermouth and cool. Saint Germain and Prosecco. Cool. Um, we're going to have Prosecco on draft uh, at five seventy, and so we're going to be using that in the cocktails. And, nice. Um, it's really fun. It's delicious too. So, um, so we're going to have that. We're going to do uh, a, ver- a version of the Americano. Uh, it's going to be the Americano Royale. So it's kind of a combination of the Americano or Milano Torino. Uh, sweet vermouth and uh, Campari, uh, mixed with a uh, Kir Royale. So it's also going to have Cassis in the Prosecco. Cool. Um, and we're also doing, uh, you know, using we're using a lot of we're going to use a lot of Campari uh, and Aperol, which is sort of Campari's sweeter, less bitter um, little brother or little sister. You know. Any saying. any plans to use any of the? Because uh, I know that Frankie's Spuntino, they uh, they have their own olive oil. Right. They have their own Sicilian honey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any plans to use any of that kind of stuff and maybe coming up? Um, yeah, well, well, this is a little bit off the subject, but we are planning on using um, <laughs> we are planning on using the marinara. Oh yeah, for the Bloody Mary. Oh cool. It's going to be the Bloody Marinara. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. we're going to use the marinara sauce with the Bloody Mary. So that's good. Well, I mean, but the, the really the whole focus of the I, I want the the program there to be very seasonal as much mm-hmm. as possible. So using the vermouths, um, they're very versatile. So you can infuse them with the different things. Like the dry vermouth, I'm going to infuse that with basil, and that's very summer. Um, we're also going to do things like in the once we get, move a little further into fall, um, we'll be doing using more flavors like pear and apple and cinnamon. And some of the vermouths are more like Cinzano is more cinnamon heavy than Martini and Rossi Rosso, for mm-hmm. example. So we'll be highlighting that. Um, and then we'll use more savory herbs instead of basil, maybe like rosemary or lemon thyme mm-hmm. or those flavors. So, I mean, and the thing about the vermouths is that they're so, they're already, um, they're, they're already infused, infused with all of these yeah. amazing, you know, botanicals and herbs. And so then you can just choose a particular one and highlight it. Um, like sage is one. Sage actually has a huge, uh, sage is one of these ingredients. It's kind of funny because it has a lot of thorjune in it. Yeah. More than vermouth more, does. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, more than absinthe. Yeah, it more does. Than- Actually, more than wormwood, I guess. Yeah, yeah, say. more than artemisia. It's, it's got much more, you know, yeah. and so that's another, and everybody cooks with sage, you know, I mean, sage is a wonderful flavor. So yeah. we're going to use that, too, and 
Um, so all of those sort of ingredients that are part of the botanicals for vermouth, we're going to use as seasonal highlights to those particular, um, you know, TV style cocktails that will, you know, and they'll be offered by you know, large format as well. So um, people, you know, it's like... They can share. They can share. <laughs> you know, it's like that, it'll be like sharing and that, that whole sort of family style of getting a number of things. Well, that just things. makes so much sense. For yeah, that. it's just a share. You know, yeah. it's like everybody is sort of having, trying the same thing and having the same experience with it. And it's, you know, and then if there's still room at that point. Those flavors and the wormwood, it's a, you know, it enhances your appetite. So you're, after that, you're ready to... Um, order some wine and go on to the rest of your meal. And, you know, then afterwards we have a lot of uh, Digistivi, focusing on a lot of Amaros. Amaro in Italian means Mm -hmm. bitter. And those are a little heavier style. Um, Those are our our spirits as opposed to aromatized wines. Uh, There are some, you know, that are, that are, you know, based in in wine, but um, so hopefully people will be drinking those afterwards. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's sort of the whole thing is like, Let's drink Italian spirits. Let's, yeah. drink, let's drink vermouth. Well, let's do it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it right this minute. Um, and, and then while while you're pouring uh, these drinks out, um, let's talk about... I want to talk about two cocktails. Okay. Uh, and just off the top of my head right okay. now. First of all, uh, classically, um, I know this is a very brunchy thing to talk about, <laughs> but what is your answer to the Bellini cocktail? Oh, the Bellini. The... the <laughs> Well, here's what I here's what I wanted to do with the Bellini over there. Uh, personally, I I mean it's a very famous Italian cocktail, and it was kind of the elephant in the room for me for a while. I thought, oh God, what am I going to do about the Bellini? Because I don't like the Bellini uh, personally. I've always yeah. sort of don't like the way that it's presented. I feel like the with the puree, uh, it just messy. It, it just messy. Like it looks gross. Fill me in the fill me in the glass. And so that's not to say that it doesn't taste great. No, it tastes great, but I just aesthetically I don't like the way that it looks. So. Um, it was brought to my attention that there is a uh, there's an Italian drink called Scorpino, mm-hmm. um, which is usually a lemon sorbet that's drizzled with a lemon vodka or sometimes lemoncello and then topped with prosecco. And so as soon as I realized that, I was like, okay, great. Then let's just make a you know, let's make it a Scorpino. So oh, cool. what we're going to do is, uh, and it's going to be seasonal. So in the summer, um, when peach sorbet is happening and is available will make it it will be an actual you know peach white peach sorbet with a peach liqueur and prosecco so scorpino style and then in the fall we'll do different things like we'll do a pear or an apple sorbet maybe with like a cinnamon or something like petrovka which is you know ginger and cinnamon heavy prosecco so it'll be it'll be yeah i mean it'll be delicious it'll be fun it'll be and it'll change and so and that's part of like the italian ethos too is that you eat what's in season so, yeah. you know, the, the, the cocktails are going to reflect that as that well. That should be, a, a, like, a worldwide ethos. <laughs> yeah, no, it should. I mean, it's ridiculous to get things. I mean, you really only appreciate things when they're at their full flavor, when they're at the time that they're actually grown and actually yeah. coming into, you know, season. So the everything that has the possibility of having those ingredients is going to be reflected with the season. Nice. So... Yeah, and, so, I, I like, we're talking about the puree. Like, I have this mental block normally about, like, if it has a puree in it, that I just don't want to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but okay, so, but I like the idea, like, for some reason, I'm, I'm totally, like, on board with the idea of a, um, a sorbet and a yeah. drink. Yeah, I Even mean... Even though they're, like, they're almost in the same family. It's in the same family, but what happens is, is the sorbet, it's, uh, you know, you, when you put also, it out like that... It's also more fun to say sorbet. It's more fun to say sorbet. <laughs> you know, but it just, it, 
the way it looks is really interesting. And then the sorbet kind of melts. And so you get these different textures in the glass. Yeah. Um, and you never end up with that sort of filmy residue. And it, it's just, it's more fun. It's just fun yeah. because the, the bubbles sort of break apart the sorbet. And so it's, it's like the cocktail sort of evolves as you're drinking yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's almost like a, like a grown-up des- like dessert. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we were talking about also maybe doing affogato. Um, you know, for a dessert, which mm-hmm. is essentially just, uh, you know, it's espresso and then you have some kind of gelato and then a shot of Amaro. So, you know, it's as much as we can do. I like to, all three of those things. Yeah. I mean, you put them together. It's just heavenly. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, well, I am going to ask you about three cocktails. That was okay. one. Number two, we're, we're having the uh, Negroni Royale. Uh, this is Americano Royale. Americano Royale. No gin in here. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so that means it's uh, Cinzano. It's Cinzano sweet vermouth. And we're gonna pour one for Jack. We're right? gonna pour one for Jack too. Yeah. I just want to make sure <laughs> I get some ice cubes in here because um, um, so it's the Cinzano uh, with Campari, um, and Cassis, and Prosecco. So it's like a marriage of the Americano and, and the uh, and Cool. Yeah. Um, while we're trying these out, uh, let's uh, let's talk about. I, this is. I also feel like this is like a really great way to uh, end the show today. Um, it's delicious. Um, <laughs> what are you gonna do for the Tony Durazzo cocktail? <laughs> um, those, those, the, yeah, the Durazzo. That's like oh. <laughs> you, Tony, need to, you need to explain yeah, this. Yeah, maybe the Durazzo. Yeah. Well, Tony Durazzo. He's uh, uh, in addition to being a, a good friend of the Franks. Uh, and a mentor, and also the architect and uh, the woodworker for all of their places. I mean, he's created... And he's the inventor of the meatballs. He's inv- the inventor of the meatballs and a number of the other recipes as well. Yeah. Um, and just an amazing guy. <laughs> but he, you know, we wanted to pay tribute to him. And you and I had actually talked about this. Like, we mm-hmm. have to figure out what the Durazzo is. And the unfortunate thing is, is that, well, for us, is that Tony doesn't really drink alcohol very much. So... Um, <laughs> Can I say what he was saying his drink was going to be? <laughs> what? Yeah, say, you, okay. can say, you can say whatever you want. It's All right, internet so, radio. So here's the thing. We don't like, give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so what Tony was really, when I said that to Tony, I was like, Tony, we're going to make a drink for you. And he's like, yeah, what's that going to be? A Coke and a joint? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, that would really be the best. Actually, but, that's kind of perfect. That's kind of perfect. But, you know, it's like, so you wanted a Coke and a joint, but uh, we couldn't figure out how we were going to make that happen. So um, we were talking about. <laughs> really? You couldn't figure Yeah, I couldn't, figure, couldn't really figure that out. But um, so we were thinking of the only cocktail that Tony ever drank really at the prime eats was the Martinez. You had the Martinez mm-hmm. in the menu. Yep. And um, speaking ta- of vermouth, I mean, speaking of on. vermouth, I mean, it's you know classically made. It's two parts vermouth, one gin, then maraschino liqueur. You know, some Dinners. kind of bitters like usually Angostura, lemon twist, and that is the only cocktail that I've ever seen Tony drink. And mm-hmm. you brought that up again too. You had said, you know, this is America. We should really do a variation on the Martinez. So I asked uh, Tony, I was like, well, are they, I know you don't really drink that much, but what are the, is there any spirit that you like? And he's, he told me, he's like, well, that he, he and his mom used to make Strega. And I was make like, it. they made it. And I was like, that's perfect. Perfect. So the Durazzo is essentially a Martinez with Strega instead of maraschino. And uh, awesome. it's delicious. And we tried it out. And, you know, he, he tried it out. And he, he said it was good. You know, awesome. <laughs> he liked it. Well, so. I can't wait to try it either. Um, and when will I be able to? Uh, when will I and the rest of uh, our listeners be able to come by and try this out? Well, 
September? 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 Looking yeah, looking like the, the, the top of September? It's looking like sometime in the beginning of September. That's what that's what the that's what the word is. Awesome. Well, um I can't wait to come by and try all of these drinks and obviously hang out with you because you're one of the greatest bartenders I know and oh, it'll be sure. great. Can't wait to have the food, atmosphere, uh, hang out with Tony, drink some Durazzo cocktails. <laughs> um, so, yeah, early September, uh, that's at 570 Hudson Street in the West Village, yep. the new Frankie's Puntino. Number Frankie's three. 570 Spuntino. Frank, Frankie's 570. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show today, Cavill. Oh, thanks, um, Damon. You're, you're always a lovely person to talk to, and I'm glad to finally have you on the show. Oh, thanks. All right. We'll see you next week. It's been the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. we got our producer, Jack Inslee, who's about to enjoy one of these great cocktails. And uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. That cat is high. Look at that look in his eye. Man, I wouldn't lie. The cat's higher than a kite. Now when you see him stumbling up and down the street. The following is a message from Nofa NY. Do you dig local food? Love organic farmers? Do you crave to be part of a growing movement of consumers concerned with the state of our nation's food system? Then sign up today to take the NOFA NY's Locavore Challenge this September. Join 5,000 other New York Locavores that are hungry, active, and ready to change our food system. Learn more at www.nylocavorechallenge.com. Every spring at the end of kidding season, goat dairies across the country are faced with the question of what to do with their male bucklings. Because on a dairy farm, there's no role for a male. Often the most economical thing for these farmers to do is to call the animals at birth or ship them off to the commodity market. Heritage Foods USA is embarking on a new project, No Goat Left Behind, looking to step in and fill this niche by creating a marketplace for these male bucklings. Visit us at www.heritagefoodsusa.com to learn more and to reserve your goat this coming October.